0: His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. Your love oh. Thank you, Brock. That was an awesome word. Excuse me. I always forget there's a bottle up here, and I bring one up here, and I have to sit on the floor. Um, okay. <clears throat> I don't know about you guys, but worship was amazing. Oh, my goodness. Wow. We could have just stayed there and stayed there and stayed there. Um, so, I've got a prophetic word for all of you, anybody who's a human. Uh, and in this room today, the word will apply to you. But before I get to that... Um, I'm going to um, share some stuff, uh, first, uh, starting with First uh, Kings. Let me pray first. Father God, I just thank you for this day. Lord, I, I know, um, Lord, it was a, it was a battle uh, getting what we were going to share today. And Lord, I know that you, you gave this to me. And I know, Lord, there were several praying for me uh, that didn't even know what was going on. So God, I know you've got a word for us today. I'm just asking, Lord, that you would uh, pour out your anointing and that we would hear it and that no enemy would be able to rob it in Jesus' name. We give you the glory. Amen. Um, so we, as a, as a body, have been praying for probably 25 years as a group. I mean, many praying many years uh, more than that, but, but as a group, us. Just really praying for uh, revival, praying for God to break out, for for things to change, and um, and in all of that time, we've seen little glimmers and little pieces, and um, you know, and and things that give us hope, and and we've seen some change, and we've obviously experienced some miracles, and those have been wonderful. But but we haven't seen what we've been crying out for, and sometimes it gets a little discouraging. So uh, I'm going to read uh, out of um, first kings and it's about elijah and if you don't know you probably do already but elijah was uh, probably considered the foremost prophet um, one of the greatest prophets uh, that israel ever had in fact he was um, he was translated Uh, jesus even said that that john came in the spirit of elijah and we know in the very end elijah will come back um, because he was one of the two people mentioned in the bible who didn't die Um, the other one was enoch so they never experienced physical death, they were just translated, they were taken up. So anyway, in chapter 19, um, and this is the story of, of Elijah after he has defeated um, the, the prophets of Baal. If you remember that story, um, the, the prophets of Baal um, and Jezebel uh, was the queen and the prophets of Baal um, were her you know were her um, priests to her false god and uh he had just defeated them utterly and uh and now um after god had done a mighty miracle and licked up the uh, you know sent down fire and licked up um, the offering that that elijah had prepared and did nothing for their false gods then he he commands the people and they grab 450 of them and kill them okay but this is what happens right after that. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, "So let the gods do to me and more also if I do not take or if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time." And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life for I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose, and he ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights, as far as Horeb, the mountain of God, which is also another name for Sinai. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord, God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Now, this is from coming from a man who just saw the most incredible miracles, who just wiped out 450 prophets of Baal, okay? Um, just, just slaughtered them because they deserved it. and uh, And now... Um, What happened, what we're seeing is that the people, um, even though they killed the prophets as he told them to, they didn't repent. There was not revival. It didn't happen. And he's a little bit discouraged. Then, Then he said, God said to him, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, anoint um, Haziel as king over Syria. Also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel, and Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel, uh, Mahola, You shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Haziel, Jehu will kill, and whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. So what was amazing to me, what stood out to me about this was that here was Elijah who had done all of these amazing feats, you know, and he was faithful. He says a couple of different times, I was zealous for the Lord. I am zealous for the Lord, which is what we've been all of these years. We've been zealous for the Lord, and yet I alone am left, okay? Now, I'm not saying everybody in here is feeling like you're the only one that's left. I don't mean that, but but just stay with me, Um so he's saying, "I alone, and, I alone, and left. Nobody is, you know, wants to serve you, and they all want to kill me." And uh, and instead of God rebuking him and saying, "You know, uh, cut out the self pity," he he was merciful to him, and he showed him. Now this is interesting um, in, in my commentary. I, I read this this morning when um, uh, when you talk about Mount Sinai, which is Horeb. Um, this is the same place that God revealed himself to Moses and to the children of Israel. And how did he do it? He did it in winds. He did it in fires. He did it in earthquakes. But God was not in any of those this time. Okay? So uh, Elijah is expecting God to be in those things because of his perception. His perception was that once I defeat all of these prophets of Baal then there ought to be massive revival that takes place in Israel. But there wasn't. And what what did God do? He sent him on what seemed to be totally irrelevant errands after this, after he's struggling with all of this. He goes to anoint Haziel, king of Syria. You know, what's that got to do with anything? Later we find out that, that Syria God used to judge Israel, okay? To break off this thing because God had something bigger in store. And, and Elijah couldn't see what it was because he had a preconceived idea of how it was supposed to be. And so um, uh, he said the same thing about Jehu. He said, go anoint Jehu, king of Israel. It was Jehu who ended up pushing Jezebel out of the window and killing her. Okay. Um, and then uh, he told him to uh, anoint Elisha to take his place. So from, from, and what I was getting out of this was, and, and this was interesting, I'm going to tell you this real quick, um, it, it, all week long I was praying, God, what are you going to, what am I supposed to share, okay, and everybody knows this is my busy season, so, uh, you know, I'm, I've got incredibly long days, and I'm praying, God, what am I supposed to share, what am I supposed to share, and I'm getting nothing, and then Kim saw this word from Johnny Inlow on the on Elijah list, I don't know if any of you saw it, um, but it was incredibly encouraging. I'm just going to share a few things out of it before I get to the prophetic word. Um, the word is called greater than hundred revivals is here by Johnny Enlow. Last week while the Lord, uh, with the Lord I heard the present Reformation is greater than a hundred revivals. I knew he was speaking to me out of the paradigm that we communicate uh, from which is the understanding that we must make the shift from revival mindedness to reformation mindedness. His great priority at this time is is us shifting out of longing for a visitation or revival to us partnering in making earth a place of habitation. This also requires us shifting from church-mindedness to kingdom-mindedness as we agree with Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God. God will visit almost anywhere, much like we will, but he he has much more uh, stringent requirements as to where he will actually dwell. Accepting the Reformation mandate is committing to finding a dwelling place for our God in the seven mountains And if you remember Johnny Enlow is the one that originally wrote the book about the seven mountains of society Media economy government education art celebration family and religion That is how the whole earth becomes full of his glory So when I read that I'm telling you hope is Just started flooding back into me. He goes on in that word to talk about the change That's taking place in the government about the corruption that's being exposed if you remember several months ago there was uh, prophetic words about um, that corruption was going to be uh, begin to be seen for what it was and look at what's going on today I mean deep corruption that's been in the FBI that's been in the ju- uh, Justice Department That's been in uh, political camps, and there's and, and honestly There's been there's been corruption on both in both parties and in independence as well so it's not it's not just a party thing but God is revealing those things and 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 it just spoke to me so strong. He said to me, "Um, what needs to change for my people is their perception. You guys have prayed. We have prayed faithfully for over 20 years, probably about 26 years as a body now together. We have prayed faithfully and pushed in for these things. Has God forgotten our prayer? No. But our focus was on revival. And our vision needs to be expanded because God is doing something so much greater than revival. He's doing a reformation. He is transforming society right before our very eyes. And this is what happened with Elijah. See, God. Uh, Elijah's eyes were on, I'm the only one serving you. I want these people to serve you. But God had something far greater in store. He was moving across an entire area, but Elijah couldn't see it yet. He just couldn't see it yet. And he's a, he's a godly man. He was a man after God's own heart also. You know, powerful prophet, but he couldn't see it because his, his perception was wrong. Um, when, uh, when God began to show this to me, all of a sudden hope began to come back up in me like i had not experienced in a long time and and, and it's not like i'm a depressed person i mean i'm a I, you know as a as a you know as a general rule i'm a very happy person i just am I, i'm not a person who goes around in depression and feeling beat up all the time um, you know i get attacked like everybody else does but i'm a happy person but there's been something that we've been pushing against that that has been has felt like a lead weight hasn't it some of you uh, i know for a fact that others have been dealing with this some of the what we'll call the middle generation have really been struggling so if you if you look at my age group and the elders we're the older generation and then the, we have the kids so the rest of you guys are going to fall in the middle generation most of you have grown up in the church uh, most of you i saw you when you were born You're, you were brand new l- little babies OK, um, and and yet we piled a lot of ground for you. You've grown up in that and you've pushed in faithfully, too. But then something in your heart is like, but God, what is my purpose? Where, you know, is this all there is? Isn't there more? And the answer is absolutely there's more. But it's our perspective that needs to change. It's our perspective that needs to change. Um, there's, uh, and I'm, I'm getting ready to read that uh, prophetic word for you here in just a minute, but there's another scripture that I was thinking about, two more actually, that this same um, this same thing happened with the disciples. Do you remember when Jesus walked the earth with them? They they were just absolutely convinced that he was going to usher in the kingdom and he was going to kick uh, Rome out of Israel and, and establish his kingdom on earth. But he had a different plan. Why? Because from the perspective of the, of the disciples, all they could see was Israel. That was all they could see. But God wanted to save the entire world. He had a far bigger plan than what the disciples could see. Paul talks about that in Romans. He says, oh, he says, the, uh, who can understand the, the manifold wisdom of God? His ways are so far above ours. But the, but the disciples who walked with Jesus for three years, side by side with the very Lord of the universe, couldn't see it. And he told them multiple times over and over and over, I'm getting ready to die in Jerusalem. And it's like it just went right over their heads because they couldn't understand that. And when he, when he was crucified, they were utterly distraught. They were in total depression, mm-hmm. sitting in the upper room. Until the Lord appeared to them again and they couldn't even believe it when he appeared to him In fact Thomas said if I don't put my finger in the holes of his uh, of his side and in his nail holes in his hands I won't believe it That sounds like somebody who's a little bit discouraged to me I don't know about you But but you know these are guys who walked with him and saw miracle after miracle after miracle But their perspective needed to change That's all it was was their perspective needed to change Once God revealed that to himself, then they began to understand, oh my goodness, God wants to bring salvation to the Gentiles. And it's the same way with us. America has been one of the most generous uh, nations on the face of the earth. America has done more to spread the gospel than probably any other nation on the face of the earth. Do you not think that God wants to restore the greatness of America so that we could be Uh, something that deposits uh, some, some glory around the globe. We've been focused on revival in the church, but God wants to transform society. He wants to take back society, not just so that we can have, a, a, you know, an awesome feeling. I'm telling you, nobody wants that more than me. I love to be in the presence of God. I'm just telling you. I, I would, I'd elbow any one of you out of the way if, if that's what it took. There's, and I don't care how big you are. I'll take you on because I want to see the presence of God in my, in my physical life. I'm telling you. But I want what God wants. And he's got something so much bigger than what, we're, uh, what we've even been focused on and what we've even been seeing. So the other night, <clears throat> this was after praying several nights, and again, I'm just gonna preface this so you understand. Um, this time of year, my average day is about 14 hours long, um, at least six days a week, sometimes seven um it's just the way the government set it up and so i have to do it so 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 i'm telling you if i had time to sit down and get quiet before the lord you got time too okay because i know you're not working any more hours than i am if you are you're you're amazing um but anyway i was i sat down friday night and i was pushing in and it's probably not going to be a long message today but i was just i was just praying god i got i gotta have something i'm supposed to speak you know i don't want to stand up there and twiddle my thumbs, uh, I, I got to say something, you know, and uh, and I wasn't getting anything, and I was stri- striving over it, but I had an idea when I read that word from Johnny Enlow He already had planted that seed in me that that it's about perspective, but nothing was gelling. I just wasn't getting anything, So, so I spent probably two hours on that, and finally Kim had already gone to bed, <clears throat> so finally I said, I'm I'm just, you know, my brain is scrambled. I can't even, I can't even read. So I'm just going to go to bed. So I made some popcorn. If anybody knows me, that's like, you know, dessert city. I'm a popcorn-aholic. So I made some popcorn and I went to bed and I flipped on the, the television and I'm watching TV and eating my popcorn. And when I finished eating, it just hit me. Bam. And the, the, it was like the Lord just showed up in the room. And I went and grabbed my pad, legal pad, and I wrote down this entire... Message in two minutes. I'm not kidding you and I'd spent hours seeking him in two minutes So this is the word to everybody There is no wasted day in the kingdom of God what seems like inaction or no movement on our prop, uh, on, uh, on our prayers is really a lack of clear vision God is doing incredible things in the earth And it is him who even gives us the desire to intercede for the things that we pray. It says in Philippians 2.13, that it is God who gives us to will and to do for his good pleasure. So the very things, the very depth of your heart, the very things that you've cried out for for years, they came from him in the first place. That all came from him through you and back to him. So, so it wasn't even you who brought that up and wanted that uh, to happen in the first place. It was him. And he, he didn't birth that in you for nothing. He didn't birth that in you just to say, eh, whatever, forget it. I got, I got different plans. Okay. Okay, so it's a lack of clear vision. God is doing incredible things in the earth, and it is in him who, even, it is him who even gives us the desire to intercede for the things we pray. God has not forgotten our prayers and dreams, but rather has been moving things into place to fulfill what, what you have been seeking. Our, visit, uh, our vision is often way too small to comprehend what God is doing, and it has often caused us to be discouraged and lose faith that anything is changing. Even the promises and deep desires that you personally have forgotten about are now coming to pass, and it is going to become evident shortly, even to your amazement. And the Lord, I'm telling you, God gave that to me in two minutes, and he said, and he reminded me of a dream. You guys know I've shared this dream <clears throat> um, several times, but in this dream, Um, I I was I was out in the middle of the street um, just the street like a you know town street And I was just praising God worship him And there was this huge bus like the star of Indiana the big tour buses And it was broke down on the side of the road and the bus driver got out and he was just so frustrated He he was just um, You know, he was just he was pretty much distraught because this thing wouldn't work and he had deadlines He had to get places and so I told him I said And I said, well, just come out here with me in the street. And so we just began to praise. We just began to worship God for his goodness. We didn't say a thing about the bus. We began to worship God for his goodness. And pretty soon we began to jump. And then we began to jump higher and higher and higher. And pretty soon, I mean, we were jumping, you know, 30, 40 feet straight in the air, just worshiping God, praying. And as we did, we're moving down the street. And all of a sudden, I happened to look over to the right, and the bus was rolling right along with us. And the bus had healed itself and was just coming right along with us. And, and God said to me the other night, he said, God will even move physical obstin- uh, obstacles into alignment when we acknowledge his goodness with exuberant praise. And those are the words to you guys, uh, to all of us, that God has not forgotten your your the deep things of your heart, even things that you've prayed for years and forgotten about, he's getting ready to bring about. And you're going to see the salvation of the Lord. You're going to see these things move shortly, and I'm telling you, it's coming shortly, even to your own amazement. You're going to be amazed. You're going to be, whoa, God is doing this, and he's transforming society. It's not going to look like what we thought it was. Our eyes have to be opened, just like the servant of Elisha. Remember when Uh, when uh, Elisha's servant came to him and the Syrian army was all the way around. By the way, this is the son of Haziel who Elisha anointed. This is his son, Ben-Hadad. He's going to come over and, and Wipe out Israel, but God's given Elisha his battle strategies the whole time You remember that and every time he gives him a, a, you know the the king of Syria gets ready to do something Elisha sends a message to the king of Israel and they're already prepared and they defeat him every time he's getting frustrated So he finds out that it's Elisha that's doing that so he surrounds his house It's a probably a little cabin somewhere, you know in the woods and he surrounds it <clears throat> And he says I'm gonna go down there and kill this prophet and so elijah's uh, elisha's servant which was probably um, gehazi um, he comes to him all paranoid and panicked and he said he said you know they're surrounding us the, the entire syrian army they you know they're going to wipe us out and god's and elisha says to him he says oh no there's way more with us than than what's with them and so then he prayed he said god open their eyes or open my servant's eyes that he can see and so he opened his eyes and what did he see chariots of fire horses armies angels all over the place hundreds of thousands of them Uh, and and what did he do he struck the the entire army of Israel blind I mean Assyria blind just like that and he led them right into Israel's camp you remember that let them right into the camp of Israel, and then open their eyes. And whoa, they're amazed, you know? And they're surrounded by the ones that they thought they were going to defeat. <clears throat> and that is exactly what God's doing today, not only in America, but in the world, because he's not just after America, and he's not just after filling the seats in the church. He's after transformation so that the entire um, nature of who we are as a people serves the Lord. Not just a handful of people who go into the church. But the entire culture serves the Lord. And look at who he's using right now as president. Probably the most unlikely candidate that I would have thought. And after he got elected, I thought, man, I told Kim. I said, it's no wonder God chose Donald Trump. I said, it doesn't matter if they're blasting cannonballs at the guy. Nothing stops him. He just keeps plowing through i mean that's a picture to us don't stop don't stop no matter what Um, because god is doing it well we're going to get out of here early today if everybody could stand (laughs) we're going to pray father god i just worship you lord lord you know the desires of my heart and you know the things that you've given me from a long time ago, and even while we were worshiping, Lord, you brought this one back to me. Lord, and I believe, I believe with all my heart I'm going to see this before you come back. I'm going to get to literally see what the four living creatures and the 24 elders saw is the picture of your throne and us worshiping at it and crying out, holy, holy, holy. And Lord, you are doing that with every person in this uh, uh, building this morning. Lord, there is... Uh, prayers and desires that have been deep in their hearts from the youngest to the oldest, and you're doing it, God. And so, Lord, right now I'm asking like Elisha's servant that you would open our eyes and let us see what you're doing, Lord. Let us see who's with us versus who's with them. Lord, blow away every discouragement, blow away everything that has just felt like um, maybe not even discouraged, but just Blah. Like it's just dead. Lord, open our vision again to hope and to see. Lord, you, you gave that to us um, as a leadership uh, two or three weeks ago. Lord, you, you gave that to Teresa. And the minute she shared it, my heart was just flooded with hope and joy. And I thank you for it. Lord, we're going to worship you. And I'm asking, God, that all of our congregation would go home and just get a pencil and paper out and just begin to write down those things that you've showed them through the years and just begin to praise you for it and to praise you for your goodness even before they see it. And just worship you, God. Lord, I ask you for traveling mercies today to keep us all in in your loving embrace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message.